vítajte v podcaste Point. Naším poslaním je pomáhať, inšpirovať a trénovať mládežníckych vedúcich. Jednoducho Point. Welcome back, our dearest listeners of Point Online. My name is Zuska and I have Mark here. Ciao. And last week we were talking about the who of worship, uh, that we are worshiping uh, the triune God, the uncreated one. And this week, guys, really get ready. I think there is some really good stuff that Mark prepared uh, about the how. So before we dig deep, please take a notebook <laughs> and a pencil <laughs> uh, because I think the thoughts that are coming your way I think are really interesting and worth writing down. So, so Mark, uh, this week we want to focus on heart. Yes, so the heart of worship. So, yeah, today we're talking about the how and, and the why uh, we as humans make the worship choices we make. Okay, so <clears throat> why do we make them? <laughs> right, and, and just to re- refresh, remember, worship is not simply what we do on Sunday mornings or at youth group when we sing. So we're talking about worship in a broad sense that it's every heartbeat, you know, kind of a thing. Um, so so why we as humans make the worship choices we make? Choices, choices if you think about it, are constantly being made, right? Um, and worship is a choice. Mm-hmm. Worship, to give God our, our attention and our affection. In, in every aspect of life. That's a choice. We make either righteous worship choices or unrighteous, unrighteous worship choices. And and you can think of all the plenty of plenty of biblical examples of who who are those that made the righteous ones and who made the unrighteous ones. Like when Eve messed up in the garden uh, and, Adam, and Adam as well, he was standing right there with her. Um, or, or, or David, um, when he made, uh, when he uh, committed adultery with Bathsheba, or these are the unrighteous examples. And then there's the righteous ones where, uh, you know, you, you see Noah, who is called a righteous man after God's own heart, or, or Enoch, who walked with God, or, you know, so many different um, examples you could see. Um, but, but these are our choices that we make with our hearts. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So, um, you mentioned heart mm-hmm. several times yeah, yes. <laughs> and I, I guess you're not talking about the physiological heart <laughs> Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and we were talking about a different type of heart. Yeah. So what heart it's are a, we talking about? It's a good question. Cause I mean that you see that word all throughout scripture. So yeah, it's good to think about, okay, what exactly is it? What does it mean when we, when we're talking about the heart every time we see that in, in, in scripture, um, a guy named Joseph Carroll, um, uh, wrote a book called how to worship Jesus Christ. And in there he, he says this, the heart is three vital components perpetually being oriented with each other. Um, and, and, he, and, and those three components that are, that are always perpetually, are always working together and orienting itself, themselves with each other. Those three things are the intellect, the way in which we think, right? Um, the emotions, um, I think we understand that. And, and the will. So some biblical examples would be like um, from Genesis 6, chapter 6, verse 5. Um, it's, it's talking about God there. And it says um, the thoughts of his heart. It's speaking of the thoughts of God's heart. Um, so the way he was thinking. The, the way he's thinking, yeah. Or, um, and and so, so the very fact that the, the heart has thoughts 
Yeah, I've never thought about that. <laughs> is, is, yeah, right. So it, it, it points to the heart having intellect. That's that's what the heart is. So so um, and then then in uh, the next verse it says that he was grieved in his heart. So there it reveals that the heart has emotion as well too. Uh, so when we're talking about the heart, so our emotions, our, so our intellect. Our emotions, and then um, finally, uh, a little bit later, in a few chapters later, in Genesis eight twenty one, it says, "The Lord said in his heart, I will not do such and such and such and such." Uh, and so, so he's saying, "I will not." Mm-hmm. So he's he's exercising his will in his heart. Uh, so because the Lord said in his heart, mm-hmm. so so the heart's three components that need to constantly be working together are the intellect, the emotion. And the will. So it's the, the, the thoughts we think, the emotions we express, and the choices we make uh, uh, the way we will things. So um, the psalmist David uh, prayed this way, interestingly, in Psalm 86, verse 1. He said, teach me your way, O Lord. I will, there's that will aspect, I will walk in your truth. And then he says, unite my heart. To fear your name. Isn't that interesting? So because because we know these in these three different ways, the intellect and the emotion and the will, they can be going all kinds of different directions many times. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking about uh, something and that involves the will as well, if you think about it. But but uh, you, you can either you can think about thoughts and then you can also act upon those thoughts with your will um, or, or, or stop them quickly. Or you can your emotions can go all kinds of different directions. Right. Mm-hmm. So so he's asking them to be united to fear the name of the Lord, to, to, to be united to do God's God's will. It seems to me as you are talking about it, it's the heart is almost as if it was our character, like what we choose. Like mm-hmm. if we choose to think about something mm-hmm. or if we choose like, okay, I will do this. Yes, like, there's the will. Th- yeah, yeah, that's what I, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I used it. Or, um, you know, like as if it's not only... Um, some kind of emotion or something, mm-hmm. but it's really who we are in a way. But it is the emotions. As it well. is. It is yes. the emotions as it's, well. It's but those three things. Of yeah. course. Yeah. These th- yeah. But also with emotions, you mm-hmm. have to decide what you're about to do with those emotions. Mm-hmm. So, yes. so they're all, all three of them. That's why that's why he uses the word perpetually being oriented, oriented with each other. That means like how would you how would you translate perpetual or how would you say differently? Yeah, I would say like the where they're happening simultaneously together, uh-huh. working working in the same like playing the same music together, you know, like um, like in, orchestra, in, like an orchestra in concert. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so they're working in concert together uh-huh. uh, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, my intellect, my emotions, my will um, are just like orbiting together. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so. triune. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so the the question then becomes: Okay, so what is what is my heart's greatest delight, or Right. Um, that's a huge question for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, every moment of every day, every second, you know, every I, I, I like to often say every heartbeat, you know, boom, boom, every now. What is my heart's greatest delight? And I've got to camp out there all day long and think about, OK, God, I want to be all for you. Right. Um, but, man, there are a lot of things that take our delight away. Uh, from God, right? Um, For and, sure. <laughs> and, and, and we know our intellect and our emotion and will can go all kinds of places and delight in other things. 
Um, but anyway, it can be discovered by analyzing our values. So what we think about, what we do, our greatest delight is ultimately determined by obedience or the lack of obedience to God and his will. So obedience essentially is the key which will unlock the door to experiencing God's presence in worship, all in, in all of life, right? And what kind of obedience are we talking about when you talk about obedience? I mean, obedience that's authentic and, and <laughs> uh, obe obedience that's that's every every I mean every moment of every life you're you're making a choice that either is mm -hmm. obeying or not obeying right so basically when we are talking about like what the Bible is telling us what God wants us to do sure and then we either decide we obey or we not so like either yes. we decide to be you know focused on ourselves mm. and that's not really obedience right or we decide to even just very basically uh, <laughs> uh, break some of the Ten Commandments, like steal something, sure. or we decide to um, it in, yeah. lie. <laughs> exactly. It involves obviously being informed mm -hmm. by the truth. You know, we have to be informed by what does the Bible say. And, and, and so we need, that's why it's important for us to stay in God's word all the time. And so that we know what God is, is saying, calling us to calling do, us to do and to be mm -hmm. as we follow after Christ, you know, because our, our goal is to walk just like Jesus walked. We, right. We say this a lot uh, we want to walk in his steps. We want to walk like him and be like him and, and follow him in this way. This is what it means to follow him. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and so and when you think about about Jesus And, and following Jesus, and I, and I want to be like him, listen, listen to his, how, he, how he fleshed this out, literally. Um, <laughs> on the threshold of, of stepping from heaven into the womb of Mary, Jesus essentially said to his father, to do your will, father, is my greatest delight. You know, say he's, he's like stepping right there on the edge of heaven, getting ready to go into the womb of Mary. He's in, and it's and you can read about it in he in in, Isaiah, in Psalm 40 it talks about it Psalm 40 verse 7 through 9 or also Hebrews chapter 10 verses 5 through 7 refer to this this text to do your will father it's my greatest delight and you know what the most beautiful thing is that I recently discovered this last Christmas as I was preparing a message on on um, on you know Mary Joseph and all those things um, Mary, at the same time Jesus was on the threshold, stepping from heaven, Mary had just received the news from Gabriel, the angel, saying, you're going to be with child. And she's wondering, how is this possible? Because I'm, I'm, I'm a virgin. And he says, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And then her response right in that moment is, may it be to me as you have said. Mm -hmm. She surrendered her will. And, and as she was saying that, Jesus was saying what he said in heaven to To, to do your will, I, I delight in it. And, and, and boom, they, so they both were surrendering their, their, their will to the Father in, in that moment. Um, and that's beautiful. Um, even also before Jesus' crucifixion, when he was praying in the, in the garden of Gethsemane, while he was sweating drops of blood, he said, Lord, I, I, not my will, but yours be done. And he wasn't all excited about getting to crucified. die, getting crucified. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't a fun thing. He was human and, and fully God too. But, uh, but, but he said, Lord, not my will, But yours be done. So he's, surrend he's surrendering his will, his, his intellect, emotions, and will, his heart, those three, were united to obey and delight in his Father. Mm -hmm. When we are talking about um, the will or maybe even the obedience, it makes me think of 
you know, the word sin, if it's translated, it's not um, fulfilling the target or not like the bull, not not hitting the bullseye. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a lot of times I think about that's the disobedience. Like if mm. like you have some clear, let's say, um, not, I don't want to say command or, but but very easily if somebody asks you to do something and you decide not to do it, it's like, well, you only had one job and you didn't do it. Mm. And um, so basically when you talk about the obedience, I think it's really living in what God calls us to do, mm-hmm. n- not to live a sinful life, but mm-hmm. like focus our eyes on Jesus yes. and, but, uh, on what he is doing yes. and then living our lives like that. And yes. that's very clearly connected to deciding mm-hmm. and the choices that we make yeah. coming from our character mm-hmm. or as you call it, our heart Yes, that we decide like, okay, is my heart um, where my where my like where are my thoughts mm. in my heart? Am I focusing my mm. thoughts on myself? Mm-hmm. Uh, am I focusing it on bad thoughts about mm-hmm. other people? Am I deciding that I'm gonna let the bad emotions like dig deep into my heart, right. like unforgiveness, right. Right. Uh, or am I like just giving Lord? his way mm-hmm. in my heart or giving it to him yeah. and looking at things my way. Right. And right. it's just really interesting that you mentioned this connected to worship. <laughs> because it's all, it's all of life, right? And, I mean, right. And, and, it, and it gets flushed out in a, in a very practical way it, by a conversation. Just like, just like our, our love for those that we love gets flushed out in, in, in conversations or actions, whatever. Um, Jesus communicated with his father. He was communicating, not my will, but yours be done. He's having a conversation, right? And, and we need to do the same um, with words that are coming from our heart. And, and they don't have to necessarily always be out loud. Um, they could be internal words that we're thinking to the Lord. Um, we call this prayer, right? We, call, we, we often call this prayer. But for the sake of this discussion, let's just call it um, having a true and awesome literally awesome conversation with, with God because he's awesome, right? It's not like, hey, that's awesome. But um, but it's like God is awesome, right? Mm-hmm. And so... so like prayer, magnificent. Yeah, right. Prayer is having a true and awesome conversation with God. Um, to worship God requires an honest conversation mm-hmm. um, with reverence and, and awe. Um, and, and like I said, it doesn't have to be out loud. It can be internal. Um, if that's because if it had to be out loud, you know, people who were mute couldn't wouldn't be they'd be disqualified. Right. So so or nor must our eyes be closed. You know, and, and the, if you look at Jesus example, he never closed his eyes when he prayed. He's yeah, always we don't have that instruction yeah. in the Bible, like close your eyes. Right. <laughs> right. But Jesus always lifted up his eyes to the heavens when he prayed. You know, all the texts that I've read through the Bible, he's, he's lifting up his eyes to the to the father. So eyes wide see, open. I never noticed that. Eyes wide open. It's beautiful, actually. So, I mean, that could be a whole that could be a whole book, I think. <laughs> so <laughs> the but, ways uh, you pray. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so but bottom line is, is what is my motivation? Um, what is my motivation when I'm um, talking to God? Um, what are what are my what are my thoughts um, and my words? Are, are they wholeheartedly directed to the Father through the Son? Um, of course, that can only be 
possible and authentic if if we have a relationship through Christ and by by faith in Him alone and and not trying to accomplish my own salvation by my good deeds because that'll never happen. But it has to be my 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 relationship has to be authentic with the Father through through Christ and what He accomplished for us um, on the cross. Um, without faith in Christ, we we can't even approach the Father right to worship Him. Um, Jesus said of Himself. In John fourteen six, no one comes to the Father except through me. So we can't enter into the presence of the Father without the blood of Jesus Christ, the perfect sacrifice lamb. We, we celebrated this uh, over Easter this last week. The Father's one and only Son covering us or, or hiding us, if you will, uh, and all of our unrighteousness, past, present, and future. So we come to him with an honest conversation in, in, in reverence and awe before him. Yeah. Okay, but maybe to follow up on what you said, mm-hmm. um, we're talking about heart, and but what if my heart is not there? What mm-hmm. if um, I don't have those thoughts yeah. or I don't want to obey? Or what if my emotions are not there? And I just want to say that that happens. Oh, yeah. It's not something that doesn't happen even to me or to you. It's completely uh, our fleshly Absolutely. things happening yes. to us. We're human. We are human. But what we need to focus on if we are really inviting God into these situations. And I just feel like it's not rocket science. Mm, no, <laughs> we, no. we just have to uh, say, you know, like, um, I'm sorry in my thoughts. And yeah, just yeah, I, say I, that. Exactly. And you just keep the conversation constantly open with God all the time. It's, you're, you're staying in constant contact with with the Father, you know, just like you do with your friends on Messenger, but, you know, even even more so um, because it's with every heartbeat. And and so you have, if, you're, if we're following Christ, we have God's Spirit, right? And He dwells within us, and He will guide and direct us, and, and, and He'll convict us of sin. He'll lead us. He'll comfort us. But we gotta, we got to listen to His voice and, and, and respond uh, in obedience. We can either respond in obedience or, or disobedience. And so, obviously... We can't expect to be um, calling ourselves walking with the Father if we're not walking in obedience, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or if we are not walking every day. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> okay, so um, to maybe go deeper even a little bit, so why is really worship itself important for us? Mm-hmm. Good question. At the root of that, yeah. Why does why does God uh, want always to be praised, maybe, or at the center of our affection and, and our attention. Um, mm-hmm. why, is, why is that such a big thing for, for him and for us? Um, C.S. Lewis wrestled with that question. He, he writes, um, he quotes, um, I did not see that it, it is in the process of being worshipped that God communicates his presence to men. Um, even in Judaism, the essence of the sacrifice was not really that men gave bulls and goats to God, but that by their so doing, God gave himself to men. That's, that's C.S. Lewis's quote. Um, so the triune God, he created us with the ability to enjoy together with them, Father, Son, and Spirit, what they have already been perfect, perfectly enjoying for all eternity. So they invited us for a party. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, and they've been enjoying this beautiful relationship together uh, for, for all eternity. Sad, sadly, though, sin separated us humans from that which was most important, God's presence. You you learn about it in 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 the story in Genesis. Adam and Eve heard the it says it says there he they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden. This was after they made um, 
the bad the, choice. The bad choice, yes. <laughs> so they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and the man and his wife, what, hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. It's like, what? So sin, <laughs> sin puts this barrier between us and God and, and from his presence. They didn't actually even want to be in his presence because they knew they were guilty. Um, and so the presence of God is so important. Again, in Genesis 4, um, 14 and 16, um, shortly after murdering his brother and hearing God's punishment, Cain said, Behold, you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground, and from your face I will be hidden. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. Oh, that's just awful. And then, and then in uh, Exodus 33, um, verses 2 through 4, and also verse 15, God said to the Israelites in the desert, I will send an angel before you, for I will not go up in your midst, because you are an obstinate people, and I might destroy you on the way. God's talking here. When the people heard this sad word, they went into mourning, and none of them put on their ornaments for worship. Um, and Moses said to the Lord, if your presence will not go with us, do not bring us from, from this place. Don't bring us from this place. We, because we need your presence. That was, that's, at the, that's the meat and potatoes of the, whole, of the whole thing, right? And we, God's presence is at the core of, of all of scripture. It's what we long for and what we need and why we need a savior because we want to be brought back into God's presence through Christ uh, alone. So, so if we, if we sum it up um, and, and why, we, why we worship God, we worship God certainly because he alone is worthy, like we talked about last time. We worship because in worshiping, we experience God's presence in our lives, like we just heard. And we worship because in experiencing God's presence, we experience great blessing. Um. When he talked about uh, experiencing God um, in his presence and about Adam and Eve, how they didn't want to um, see God or they were mm. afraid. Mm. You know, sometimes it, it reminds me of my parents mm -hmm. and the relationship with my parents when I was younger mm. and they were gone. I was alone at house and I was really longing for them to come back. But if I did something bad, I was really afraid. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I yes. missed their, you know, touch. I yeah, missed their good, good, hugs. Good. I missed just being around them. Because you isolated yourself. Yeah, I your, was yeah. I was isolated. But at the same time, when I knew that there was something wrong that I did, mm. There was just so much fear. Mm -hmm. And I think that's when we think about like, if we are afraid to come before the Lord, mm -hmm. is there something bad, quote to quote, that we did? Like, is there sin that we need to, you know, repent from? Yeah. And, and isn't it interesting that oftentimes we think, why do I feel so far away from God? God, God, God's not the one who moves. <laughs> He's not the one who moved. You know, we're the ones who move by based on our choices. Uh, and, and, and so we, we need to keep leaning into uh, him and and having open and honest conversations like we like we talked about too. So picture this: Christ is now seated in the heavenly places next to his Father after he rose again, rose from the dead. Right? The Bible says that we who are following Christ are seated there with him in the heavenly places. Isn't that cool? So as we speak together, even now across this table, Zuska, we are seated there with him. That is indeed 
awesome. Um, <laughs> it is both encouraging and admonishing, depending on the current posturing or attitudes of our heart, intellect, emotion, and will. It is important to always have this throne room mentality um, all throughout our day, right? Since we are hidden in Christ Jesus, seated there next to the Father, we are 24-7 sitting next to the creator of the universe, the King of kings and Lord of lords. So let, let's let that reality uh, sink in deeply. That's, that's my prayer, that let it move our thoughts, our emotions, and choices to respond to the Father appropriately. Wow. So I'm just letting that sink deeply <laughs> into my heart. And that's just wonderful to think about. Yes, we are seated uh, next to the Father. And just, you know, live our lives with that perspective. Um, and that worship is not just Sunday worship. Mm. We're talking about something much bigger. So thank you very much for sharing. Um, next time, we will begin to unpack the work of worship. Um, and if you don't know what that is, just don't forget to turn us on next week <laughs> and maybe just uh, to see what the response to God can and should look like in both in a personal way and a corporate way. So when we are worshiping personally or together. Um, thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful week. Bye. Bye-bye. Toto je záver ďalšieho dielu podcastu Point. Ďakujeme, že ste si nás vypočuli. Tento podcast zastrešuje tréningové centrum Kompas. Naším poslaním je pomáhať, inšpirovať a trénovať mládežníckých vedúcich. Jednoducho point.